Welcome to episode 126 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. John, it was a dark and stormy night. Yes, I'll, I'll pick up on that uh, wonderful lead-in to announce our podcast topic for the day, which is dark UX patterns. Um, yeah, and it's Halloween coming up, so yeah. it's a perfect time for that. I uh, want to mention that uh, uh, Harry Bignall is uh, the curator of darkpatterns.org. I did uh, a little reading on, on his site uh, to prep for our podcast today. And essentially, if you're in the UX business and you're not familiar with this particular collection of patterns, it's worth looking at. Generally speaking, uh, dark UX patterns are those dirty UI tricks that designers who have an idea of how to manipulate uh, uh, people in their workflow uh, use tricks to either get folks to purchase things they don't want, to opt into things you know that they're not interested in opting in for, uh, to improve their conversion rates. Uh, it's sort of the equivalent of the uh, the street hustle um, being applied to the e-commerce and uh, digital worlds. Uh, Dirk, I, I know you have some very, very strong feelings about uh, uh, opt-in and opt-out patterns. Uh, what strikes you about you know this this sort of online trickery uh, when it comes to user experience? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before on the show, and I haven't in a while, so I don't mind dusting it off. I mean, the problem is capitalism. The problem is businesses and individuals are incentivized to try and hoard capital and wealth at any cost. And the result is, particularly as companies get bigger, as as entities get, get, get bigger and less connected to the individual consumer, they are, they are going to start doing nasty and naughty things um, to, to get more money. And dark UX, what we're calling dark UX, is uh, one great example of that in the context of, of software and design. Yeah, I think, you know, there is, unfortunately, um, you know, sort of part of, the, part of the truth of being online is that it's changed our reading habits, really. Like, you're, you're, you know, it's much more difficult to read with, with a lower resolution screen. So immediately, it, you know, you've got to focus a little bit more on all of these, uh, uh, you know, all of the, all of the, the words that, that are strung together in, in, in long paragraphs. And, and you scan, like, that is, that is the nature of online reading. It's very different from, you know, the print experience. Uh, and, you know, because of that, there are just numerous opportunities to insert a, a word here and there or to uh, do some, some what appears to be bad design, but it's actually, you know, very deliberate uh, choices for, for making it hard for people to parse. Um, and and I'm glad that uh, that there's there's a term for discussing this. You know, I, I, I had not really considered, uh, you know, dark UX, it sounds like something Darth Vader should should be doing. Um, but it but it really is uh, you know, sort of the unsavory side side of our business. And and I run into these things because uh, you know, when you're when you're dealing with older parent uh, parents who who may not be as familiar with uh, the online ecosystem, and you're trying to set up things for them, you sort of realize as you're walking through all of these forms that there are lots of ways for them to get sidetracked into sort of lucrative 
um, cul-de-sacs for for the companies that you whether you're setting up antivirus software or you're you know setting up their computers so they can uh, chat with their friends or, or anything like that. And I guess I guess to me there's you know having having done a lot of this sort of computer setup I. It, it kind of makes me a, l- a little bit upset now. I mean, I didn't used to feel this way. I used to sort of blame my parents for not being able to, you know, parse these things and, and, and do it themselves. But, you know, now that we have this descriptor to, to, to you know, loop uh, all these things together and, and, and to hold it in this one bucket, I'm like, ah, that, that really is somebody with malignant intent who is trying to take advantage of... Uh, of my parents. I mean, the same sort of UX patterns get used in, in, in a voice UI, right? So yeah. you get, you know, if we want to expand this conversation to the voice UI a little bit, yeah. you know, we get endless phone calls that are, that are meant to, to scare you into buying something. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're, they're robo calls, right? Right. I hardly answer, you know, my, my phone at all at home because it's all filled with robo calls. Right. You know, I, I think that's indicative of sort of, sort of the same thing. How about you? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, another example of going sticking with voice for a minute is customer service phone trees. Mm-hmm. Those are designed um, specifically for the company. They're designed, they're, the company takes their employees and says, these are our most valuable customer service people. We want them to be reached the least. Mm-hmm. These are our next most valuable. We want them to be reached. So th- they parse it based on themselves. They say, given our organization, what's most profitable for us, how can we design this? And the consequence is the design of systems that for the user are horrific, that send us to the wrong place, that waste our time mm. as we go through menus and trees. It's um, I'm not a big fan of user-centered design, but it's as opposite of user-centered as it could possibly be. You know, when I get on those now, I'm just immediately, if it's a voice, I'm like, yes. operator, 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 like, fuck all, right? I take for granted that they're going to stick the shiv in me mm-hmm. and, and make it really hard for me to get done what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and fast track my way to a human. And once I get to the human, I'm going to pretty quickly be saying, may I speak to your manager? Like right. I'm just, I'm just going to cut out all the cruft that they've put there. Now most people won't cut out that cruft. And so they're going to make their money. They're going to pump the machine, but at, at what cost, you know, I mean, making people agitated, you know, really in, in meaningful ways, uh, reducing sort of the, 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 the happiness and um, just enjoyment of life that people have. It's, it's horrendous. I think it's, I think it's criminal actually. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's a good topic area to go into the, the voice UI uh, phone trees that we're all familiar with. And we just, you know, kind of put up with it because, um, I don't know, because there aren't a lot of other options. You just, just sort of have to. Um, but I, I wonder if there's, you know, something there once you identify the problem, like, like it, it seems to me that, that if you have a preference for, uh, and, and this is sort of pathetic, like the, the competitive advantages, you know, our operators actually answer the phone. And, and, and I've seen that, you know, you can get to a human being with our bank. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen that advertised. But, but this uh, uh, computerized intermediary that's, that's sending you off into uh, all these areas where you, you don't want to be, um, that's, that's just something that we're sort of familiar with in, in the digital age. And, and it's a shame. The, the, um, the cadence of your, um, your, your automatic response, which is 
requesting the operator. That is exactly the same. Um, that is exactly the same thing that I do. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's almost as if there's, there's a secret language for, for getting through these things. If, if, if you're familiar enough, but if you're, uh, uh, unfamiliar, then, uh, you know, then you're stuck in the phone tree. Um, there's, there's a, a movie that, that my kids like, uh, called the Incredibles, which is from, from Pixar. And yeah. there's a moment in there where, uh, you know, the, this woman knows the exact form to fill out at an insurance company. And, uh, um, the evil boss of Mr. Incredible says, you know, she, she's penetrating the system. <laughs> How does she know our secrets? Uh, That's cute. which, 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 which makes me think that, uh, that, you know, finding these secret tunnels through, through dark UX patterns is, is probably not a real good way uh, for, for people to get satisfaction. And there needs to be, uh, you know, some, some other level of design integrity that, that allows for humane interaction uh, almost, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what it's called, but, but, you know, like, uh, the good housekeeping seal of approval is now the, the good at UX seal of approval, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we can, we can go more explicitly back to dark UX patterns in a second, but just to keep on this sort of customer service phone thing. And the problem isn't always the phone tree, right? I mean, sometimes it's the customer service professionals themselves. I mean, this weekend I spent about five and a half hours on the phone with Microsoft customer service. One of the people I talked to, um, everyone I talked to was Indian or similarly from the Indian subcontinent. Mm -hmm. Um, and with this one woman who I I believe was Indian, um, I talked to her for, um, I don't know, hour and 15 minutes and she never got my name right. And there were six different times that I I stopped. I said, my name is not Drick. It's Dirk. Mm -hmm. And she said, Oh yes, sir. And then five minutes later, she's saying Drick again. And, and the, the impact of that, again, on my psychological well-being mm-hmm. is, is brutal, you know. And it reminds me that Microsoft doesn't see me as a valuable customer. They're not willing to invest in someone providing me service who can say my name correctly, mm-hmm. who culturally, you know, understands who I am and what I'm dealing with. They've moved it to the, the least expensive option possible. And to me, that's another brand of, of sort of dark business, if you mm-hmm. will. I mean, making design choices around systems that are sort of explicitly bottom line base and explicitly um, to the detriment of the customer. And I'm not going to forget that Microsoft sent me to mm-hmm. that that horrible customer service process where they couldn't even pronounce my name right after repeated reminders. Yeah, that's a uh, um, an, an interesting way of you know, expanding this conversation into, uh, you know, call it, call it the, the business systems that, that have this, this intent that is not consumer focused in the least. And, and, you know, this, this touches on, you know, customer experience a bit. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think that's, you know, dark UX patterns, you know, as part of this Venn diagram, right. Of, of these intersecting, pieces that that are advantageous for uh, a corporation, but uh, necessarily uh, sort of anti-user, you know, anti-user patterns, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, what these things, you know, like the LinkedIn example that Mm -hmm. you pointed out to me, um, they're they're sort of hidden, you know, they're sort of 
sneaky. You can't necessarily see them clearly with these big companies. And at the end of it, you know, it's called dark UX. But in the old days, they were called shysters. They were called scammers. They were called liars. Right. Uh, you know, when it was one to one, they were snake oil sales. Right. You know, um, but now in the big company, in the, in the scale of it all, it, it gets lost and minimized when in reality, it's just it's just base bullshit. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, it puzzles me why I, I guess we're we're all you know a bit um, uh, sort of busy and 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 we don't really have the time to uh, you know put these these puzzle pieces together. But but the the evolution of of this sort of uh, customer service uh, to be more user centered. Uh, I, you know, I think that's a 21st century business opportunity, whereas, you know, the end of the 20th century, it was all about sort of, uh, you know, making your supply chain, you know, uh, very in inexpensive and, you know, ultimately sending the work wherever it was uh, uh, sort of of most benefit to the company. I, I think we're seeing a reversal of that uh, right now. Are we? Are we? I don't know. I mean, you know, when I think of, you know, CEOs who um, big company CEOs who I find admirable, I mean, mm -hmm. one of them who I would have said in the past was Jeff Bezos, mm -hmm. um, you know, started a book selling company. Mm -hmm. seems like a nice geeky guy. The way Amazon behaves now, if you had Jeff Bezos in his garage 20 years ago, mm -hmm. he wouldn't he would have said his company would never behave that way. Right. But here it is. You know, here is Amazon freezing out competitors with bullying business tactics. Mm -hmm. If people don't do things exactly the way they want, they get shut down and shut out mm -hmm. um, with, with strong arm, you know, st strong handed uh, crap. That's stuff that that, that that guy before he was the CEO of this conglomerate never would have stood for. Mm -hmm. And now he's presiding over the company that's doing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, you name for me a big company that's really doing it differently. There really is. Because I don't think they are. I think that once a company gets to a certain size, it goes down the path of evil. And, mm -hmm. you know, evil is probably too loaded of a word. Sure. It goes down the path of badness. Right. Um, even if your motto is, you know, do, <laughs> right. do evil, right? Right. Um, so I, I'm highly skeptical that that's changing or going to change at scale. Yeah. I, so, so yes, that, I, you, you know, put put in, in that manner, you know, I... I I'd very much agree that that there's probably very few, if any, sort of uh, businesses that could could map towards being, you know, consumer uh, friendly or customer friendly in that way. I, I do think there there is evidence of uh, sort of smaller efforts to uh, uh, to be more customer centric. Like there's you know the the sort of uh, um, you know, like locating your call centers, for instance, in in parts of the U.S. where um, there are folks who are familiar with, you know, the, the culture of the folks uh, that they're talking to, as your example from uh, uh, from the weekend. Um, so, so I, I do think there is there is consumer pushback here on the on the sort of crappy experiences, the dark UX, the, you know, the, the voice UI that sends you into oblivion, um, whether or not that is, you know, ends up just being a bunch of lip service from, from the companies that are uh, uh, implementing these things. I, I don't know, but 
I, I do think that there's there's more pushback than there has been. And, and it seems like we've identified a sort of serious problem with uh, digital interactions with, with, with large entities. Yeah, so there is more pushback and there's some change because of it. But that change is, I, I, I can all but guarantee, is financially driven. They're mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know, we're starting to see a drop off in customers. Right. And we're getting these reports of all these pissed off customers about this customer service thing. You know, ROI-wise, mm-hmm. if we are not losing these customers but gaining more, if part of it is this, you know, onshore call center. I mean, those are the kind of – there's nobody saying, you know what, I went through our system and it sucks. I went through it myself, four hours, miserable. We're not putting our customers through this. Yeah. We're going to do a better way because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and it will make us a, a better company ultimately. Right. That's not it. It's all the accountants, the bottom line. Um and that's the problem. Darkness comes from that mentality. Darkness comes from the bottom line mentality because it strips out the empathy. It strips out the compassion. It strips out the service for the consumer, and it focuses on the profits for the organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well said, Dirk. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinbo.com. That's G-O-I-N-B-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dmeemeyer, that's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R, or email me, Dirk, at goinvo.com. So that's it for episode 126 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. 